I'm, I know very little about you. We have awkwardly <laughs> stared at each other for the last eight minutes. It's everything about the concept is what we don't do anymore. We don't just have conversations with people where there's not an agenda. Right? It's like meeting a stranger in a parking lot or something and then like, hey, you want to have coffee? <laughs> yes. Oh, so how are you doing? How's your day? <laughs> exactly. Well, we are live here with Coffee with Humans with my soon-to-be new friend, Christina. She's still actually a stranger. I only met her about eight minutes ago. That's the essence of Coffee with Humans. Two people just bumping into each other randomly and then saying, hey, let's grab coffee. Before we got on the broadcast, I was thinking if we could have this discussion anywhere, where would that be? And I came up with, we, we could be sitting in Iceland in a hot spring. Lovely. So if you could have this discussion anywhere, where would it be for you? Love this question. I'm stumped right now. I'm not really a uh, beach person in terms of getting in with the aquatic life, but I do like to be near it and feel the breeze from it. Yeah. And so anywhere by a beach. What drew you to clicking the button to have coffee with me? was searching and I found this one and it grabbed me. It pulled me in and it just seemed your podcast and Coffee with Humans seemed very welcoming that you were really eager and enjoyed just making meaningful connections. Coffee with Humans is like Sunday brunch. <laughs> I love Sunday brunch. <laughs> okay, good. Because, well, you're in the right place. Only sure. there's no food. Um, <laughs> We are live here with Coffee with Humans. My new friend, Scott Brandt, on a lovely uh, Saturday afternoon. Scott, welcome to Coffee with Humans. Appreciate it. <laughs> also, welcome to uh, my friend, Bob Groves. He says, hey, hey. He is hanging out there on LinkedIn. If there are any other viewers or listeners, feel free to uh, chime in. Add your, add your stuff to the chat. This is a community of, of wonderful people. Uh, and Scott, you're among friends. Uh, I'm curious, well, first of all, I should say this, for our viewers and listeners just tuning in, the cool thing about Coffee with Humans is I just met Scott about, I'm going to say about 10 minutes ago. We've talked about virtually nothing. I prepped him on some tech stuff, but Coffee with Humans is raw, unedited live conversations where strangers become friends, and we seek to make a difference, a positive difference in the world through our conversations. So... That's why you're. That's why you're tuning in. The world's becoming a better place. I didn't. I know that that's maybe uh, more than you'd. Is that more than you want? Were expecting. That's <laughs> all good. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Yes, Bob. Wow. True. Yeah. You know what? Set people up for uh, for why this has to be a big deal. Um. Well, welcome to Coffee with Humans again, Scott. I'm curious what. Uh, what inspired you to have to click the button to have coffee with me? I think it's actually unique because uh, Matt Mormon had said, hey, you should really look at coming on the show. So shout out to Matt. But I have a good friend, Daniel McCarthy, and uh, she had talked highly about you. Um, and I just got busy. She's like, you need to go talk to Jason um, with this. And I was like, all right. So this is unique how things kind of blend together. And uh, it's, it is a small world, so it is one of those things that it is a small world, but it's ultimately having the conversations with individuals uh, because what somebody says may be spoken in a different way than what you really thought about it before. Mm -hmm. And there may be something that you haven't considered before that somebody can bring it to a different light. And so it's just one of those things that any way to get out there and have a conversation 
is uh, a beautiful thing. So this reason I was like, okay, let's go. But it was unique because I was like, man, it's like three months from when I signed up for it. <laughs> and uh, but I think it's just that uh, it shows the power of just having the conversations and people wanted to have the conversations. Yeah, no, you're totally you're you're totally onto something there, uh, and that's true. It is about three months out since uh, if if people were to sign up today. And again, I'll have coffee with anybody. The only rule is no sales calls. Uh, when you sign up, I'm doing about three of these a week right now, and they're pushed out to the end of April. Uh, so I appreciate the fact that you would uh, wait that long to get on to uh, to get onto a show, and that's that's super cool. Um, I, I don't want to say that I have the only thing I've been doing is coffee with humans because I also, I do want to, uh, make mention here that I also made cinnamon rolls, uh, earlier today, uh, for breakfast. Um, so that's, you know, that's why we were delayed on this broadcast. I was so hungry. (laughs) I'm kidding. But I did make this earlier today. This is a, this is a Pillsbury, like giganta cinnamon roll with the cinnamon, what was it, Cinnabon icing or something like that? What What did you have for breakfast? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, usually I do time-restricted feeding. So usually in the morning it's coffee, and then my window doesn't open up until about 2 or 3 in the afternoon, and then it runs for about 8 hours. So uh, I'm one of those individuals that is very unique when it comes to eating. <laughs> That's super disciplined. I really have a great respect for that. I um, have gone through periods of dis- being disciplined and then being terribly undisciplined. I'm in a more, I'm in a little bit more disciplined space right now. I haven't been drinking alcohol for a couple of weeks um, because I, I, the efficiency loss and I'm working on some projects I just need to get through. Um, but <laughs> last night I was like, I want a pizza. And so I, <laughs> mm. I got a, I got a pizza uh, and watched, <laughs> watched the show and played Monopoly with my daughter. And then, and then I, um, I bribe her. I make her think dad is cool by getting the cinnamon rolls. And um, <laughs> they might be for me. I don't know. <laughs> but I only have them It's unique that you talk about the alcohol um, piece kind of sustaining from that. Because somebody was saying that if you look, alcohol will stay in your system up to 72 hours. And I've heard people that won't be impacted by alcohol until like 48 hours after they've drank. Um, and so it's a unique thing how it has that long period that it could really impact you as an individual. So, and like you said, you're kind of sustained from that because you have projects that you're working on and doing different things. So I can see the correlation of maybe the reason of holding off from alcohol in regards with uh, that piece. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, why, why not? It's one of those things that we don't have to have. It's, it's healthier, uh, to not have it, it is you know it's it's a toxin, and and there are there are folks who struggle s- significantly with it, and then you know there are just times when it's you know easier to you know it's nice to have a drink once in a while, but also the productivity loss um, on that, and I don't I don't think I don't think it I don't think uh, it, it, sometimes there's not a positive benefit uh, to mm. to drinking. There's also zero there's limited positive benefit to cinnamon rolls and big pizzas too. So, I mean, call, call spade a spade. It's all good. You might, you just needed that one day, you know, it's, it's giving yourself grace, uh, giving yourself that space because sometimes you need it. It's not one of those things like you just got to listen to your body. So sometimes your body needs it, which is unique. Yes, totally. Well, um, I'm curious, where are you at in, in the U S I know that I know you're in the U S where are you at? 
I'm in Colorado Springs. Uh, so when you go look, and that's a unique thing too, because somebody said when you look at the map, Colorado is like the center of the U.S. Um, hence the reason that you have NORAD out here uh, when they built it was because of the location of being center of the U.S. Uh, that's where I'm located at, Colorado Springs. Is that where, um, is Cheyenne Mountain near there too as well? Yep. Yeah. So NORAD, Chime Mountain, they're uh, kind of built up that way. But that's also like Operation uh, Santa Claus or whatever it is that they had the NORAD uh, Santa Claus tracker. That's the location <laughs> that started that whole endeavor. Um, somebody, a little girl in like 1950 had called and the gentleman was running night shift and picked up the phone and had a conversation with the little girl. And that's kind of how that all started was that Operation Santa Tracker was just from that call in the 1950s, I believe. Wow. I've got an idea for Santa tracking, um, which just came to my mind. I, I'm, I'm never, I usually have these goofy ideas and I've just decided I'm going to share this one. Um, you know how people write to Santa Claus the, and the, the post office picks those things up, sends them. I don't think that anybody writes back. I think they should, I think they should send this letters to Santa Claus to retirement uh, communities with old folks and have the old folks like write, you know, cause I, I don't know. I'm thinking of my grandma. She's, she lived in a home for a number of years. Um, you know, a, a lot of it was alone time and I bet mm. she would have really enjoyed receiving letters and then writing back to these, you know, young boys and girls, uh, who, you know, would love, I would think to get a handwritten letter back. Uh, and I, and I, I would think that the perspective from many, from a lot of the old folks that I think would just be one of, um, this might be overreaching, but it's like one of tenderness or like tender, loving care for a kid, you know? Mm. <laughs> well, and I think also if you look at it too, it could be that connection piece. Um, because the, the sad thing that you hear a lot of times is when older individuals get placed in the home, um, they kind of get put to the back burner and then they, they miss that connection piece. And so that could be another way to really help them have that aspect to connect with somebody else, even though they're writing and whatnot. Um, but it could also be the power of receiving that letter, even though it's not directly addressed towards them. Um, it can be very powerful. I used to do uh, with a humane shelter out here in Colorado would take uh, one of the shelter animals to nursing homes and go around and meet the residents of the home and have them interact with the dog. And it was just very interesting to hear the, old, the stories that these individuals had and how they would reminisce and have the old memories come up by interacting with the animal. And it's a, it's a powerful thing because it's two way of having the older individual have that interaction, but also allowing the dog, the humane, the shelter dog, get out of the shelter and go have that interaction with a human or multiple humans. So yeah. it's a powerful thing when you look at that. Oh, yeah. I think that gets back to the, the need for connection. Uh, and it would seem it, uh, it would seem that that a person who's largely living or a lot of their time, you know, spending a lot of their time alone, isolated, um, would I would think they'd enjoy getting a, you know, letter that they could then respond to. I think that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if there's any viewers or listeners out there who take that idea and run with it, you owe me royalties. 
<laughs> I don't even know if that's Roger, true. Yeah. <laughs> you're actually, so that is actually something unique when you really think about that because um, like I was saying before we got on is that I'm going through a challenge right now. It's called Your Message Matters. Uh, the individual that's running this challenge is Pete Vargas, and um, he actually has been known as the Stage Whisperer. He helps individuals to get on stages to go share their message. And uh, he was actually talking about 17 different ways to either start your business, to create momentum in your business or scale your business. And one of the things that he talked about was either training consulting or going in there and instead of getting paid for the training consulting, do a revenue share piece with the company. Mm -hmm. So I think when you're looking at that royalty piece, you could potentially set it up as a revenue share with that company, um, whoever decides to run with it. So, which is unique guys like, man, that's interesting. Instead of getting paid directly for that training consulting, okay, we'll do this. You'll get it right now. But because of what we did and what we're offering you, we want to go ahead and have this piece where maybe it's a longer term income stream through that revenue share. Yeah. All, all interesting ways to set that up. Well, for our viewers and listeners just joining us, uh, Scott and I met about 20 minutes ago now. Uh, and that's the premise of Coffee with Humans, two strangers meeting uh, for coffee. We just happen to be doing this virtually because I can't be everywhere in the world all the time. Uh, not yet, at least. Um, working on that. Uh, I'll get the. I, th- I think uh, Star. If you're following anything that's happening with uh, Elon Musk and his Starship stuff, he's talking about he's talking about transporting people anywhere on the planet within 30 minutes uh, with the Starship thing. It'll take off. It'll go through the you know into space. Uh, let's say you know Florida to Australia uh, within 30 minutes or so, and then land. You know, in reverse. I've watched all the all the launches of that. Um, that'll mm. that's going to be a game changer when it comes to connecting. I think yep. across um, across cultures. I think I don't know if it's going to be affordable though. <laughs> yeah, that's the unique thing. I've actually done some research. Uh, Richard Branson with Virgin Galactica has something like that where you can go and i think when i last looked it was a quarter of a million dollars but you go into the little spaceship and go up into space for about 90 minutes and then come back down um so i know elon is always trying to find ways to help people and uh it's funny because when he uh introduced the cyber truck because i bought some stuff and it's funny when you go on facebook and things start popping up and so there was a um a product that I had purchased brands against mundanity and Lego actually came and made fun of Elon after that. They're like, our bricks don't break. And so when Elon threw that brick through the window and he's like, it's shatterproof and it goes through Lego t- ran with that and did an ad, uh, making fun of Elon and whatnot saying that their bricks are unbreakable and whatnot. So it's funny. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I remember seeing that, uh, the presentation for the, Oh, here effect. Um, <laughs> I've got this. I'll pull it up. Um, I remember seeing the presentation for that when he unveiled the the Cybertruck. Um, here's the. Oh, hold on! It's not up on the screen yet. Uh, for our viewers and listeners, that was the Cybertruck uh, some time ago, and what happened was the Elon was saying that somehow the screen was shatterproof. 
Um, or sorry, this, the windows were shatterproof. Only he threw a brick at it, and apparently the you can see actually on the on the picture here. <laughs> yep, <laughs> the thing was broken, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, but hey, you know what? None of us made a cyber truck. Um, so that's that's kind of cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. I know you know you look at his background and everything that he's done, but I think when I was doing some research with uh Tesla, he doesn't take he I think his income with Tesla is like maybe five thousand dollars or something like that. Everything else kind of goes back into it. But if you break down and look at what profits are coming in there, it's there's other things on the backside of it that he gets paid on, but his upcome his upfront like income is very, very small. Um, everything else goes back to the company, which is a unique thing when you really look at that, somebody that's running that, but he also has like 10,000 other different things under his belt too, that he's running with. Yeah. Well, one of the things he does really well, um, and this kind of gets into what we're talking about today. One of the things that's, that was on your mind is this idea of sharing your message. And one of the things that he that I, I think he prides himself on and he's, and he has definitely um, <clears throat> done a good job with is being very vocal and upfront about the cool things that he's working on, whether it be SpaceX or whether it be Tesla. Um, he's, he's pushing, he's pushing into an area that nobody else is willing to push into. Uh, he does it with a lot of, um, I wouldn't say noise, but he does it. He does it a very assertive manner uh, rather mm. than, uh, being, you know, kind of passive about it, which is also a little bit interesting because uh, you mentioned uh, Richard Branson and Virgin Galactic, and he does kind of the same thing. You know, he's he pride he prided himself on on being uh, this this very outgoing, very in your face, does everything crazy uh, to get you know, to get viewers basically. And I think his personality is just, he likes to try new things. So whether it's flying around the world in a glider, whether it's, or it's, or it's, uh, you know, going in a capsule or, um, you know, uh, whatever that, uh, I don't know. He does that. Uh, what is it? Hey, glider. Yeah. What's well, like, boat. I think, yeah. With the, the motorized like bike underneath it where he's sitting in the bike and then it's got the hang glider system. Yeah. And they, I mean, he's an avid runner and marathoner and that type of stuff. I mean, it's interesting. He, he, he goes into all sorts of areas of activity that are very, um, kind of push the envelope. Right. Um, and then there's Jeff Bezos, which is kind of the other side of things where, He's been working on Blue Origin, which is a you know a, a space launch vehicle, um, for for a number of years. But it's not out in your face like an Elon Musk, and that gets mm. into what you're talking about uh, today, which is sharing your message and how yeah. do you get out there to share your message? And then why are some people passive about sharing their messages? Some people don't share their messages, and then on the other side of it, some people are very bold, out front, in your face getting getting out in front of people whatever it is they want to say uh that's it seems to be that was the one of the things that was on your mind yeah and i think it's unique uh just because of the fact that i got feedback coming on so <laughs> um but the the fact that your your message is core to who you are. Um, we're, we're real big. I've got a business partner with two native sons, and it's getting out there and sharing the message of the business owners because business owners a lot of times will separate their personal life from their business. 
And my business partner, Patrick's like, it's like peanut butter and jelly. It's like a sandwich that's better when it's together. But this week I've been going through a challenge and people are some pet Quinn. Quinn is a big individual when it comes to training individuals with fine tuning their message. He's worked with Damon John. Uh, Tony Robbins really sat down and listened to Pete just took it notes for an hour, especially Tony Robbins and whatnot. But it's one of those things that you've got your message that needs to be shared and you've got to make that connection piece when it comes to talking to individuals, because the unique thing is uh, Pete was sharing a, a message by Zig Ziglar. And so if anybody knows Zig Ziglar, a big motivational individual, but he actually said that I've never changed someone's life with a speaking gig, but sometimes they buy my tapes and cassettes and I have a chance to change their life. And so you got a lot of individuals that are like, I need to get on stages. I need to get on stages, but you got to understand that your message will only go so far, but once you connect with somebody and you can go deeper with them. So if you're doing coaching and bring them along and walk hand in hand with them, you have a better chance of really making a huge impact with an individual by them going deeper, but it's a matter. You've got to share your message. You've got to share your story and you've got to find, and this is the thing Pat talked about that the ordinary stories really are what's going to resonate with a lot of people. And so a lot of people are like, I've got such a ordinary story. Who's going to listen. And uh, Pat said, he's worked with individuals that have gone to space astronauts. And he's like, if somebody that's been in space goes and they're like, yeah, I had this trouble in space. A lot of people haven't gone to space. And so it's going to be hard for people to resonate, but maybe you've gone through like for me, I went through a divorce. And so like my starting point is I was told, I've got to go find myself. That was my ex-wife telling me. And so when I heard those words come towards me, it was like the individual at WWE where they're running down the ramp with the steel chair. They jump up in the ring. They smack you in the face with the steel chair. It's the same thing when you hear those words and you get punched in the gut and you get go through. And I went through and I, I told myself I wasn't worthy. And I ended up really getting down on myself and not handling the emotions properly and letting the emotions run their course on me instead of me embracing and knowing that they're there and then turn around and utilizing them and whatnot. But it's the fact that we all have a message. We all have a story that needs to be shared. Um, there's people that are going through it and you have probably a nugget that they could extract and take with. And it could be that one degree of change that they need to go forward. But if you don't share your story, and your message, who are you missing out on impacting? And the other thing is we've got to take the spotlight off of ourselves and go out there and share because if you're a selfish jerk and you're putting the spotlight back on yourself and you're like, who wants to listen? Who's going to hear me? It's like, who are you missing out on impacting because of that focus that you have on yourself instead of focusing on other individuals? Hmm. Why do you care so much about this topic of sharing a message? Why does it matter to you? For for myself, when I went, it all goes back to the divorce. Um, I believe had I had somebody I could have leaned into and heard their story and heard what they went through, it would have probably made that journey a little bit easier for me. But because it didn't happen that way, I'm grateful that it really didn't because now it's opened up the door because we all have a message. And I think a lot of times as humans, we've been jaded 
in regards to our experience, we look at having this bad experience that has happened here. And now we're taking that experience and bleeding it into everything else. And instead of looking at each experience as the same, it's apples to oranges. Like there's going to be some commonality sometimes, but the, in the long run, each experience is different. Each experience is there to help you grow. And it's the fact that we're all going through something. We're all humans. And if you can show that you've been able to overcome and get to that next level, whatever it is, and somebody hears that and they know that they can get through it too and they can get to where they want to go, society in general would be a beautiful thing that people would have that confidence that, okay, yeah, I understand this sucks right now, but I can get through it too. Um, but it's also the matter of the fact of getting out of your own way. Typically as guys, we really suck to show our emotions. It's uh, we're all got the Superman complex and we're like, we can do it ourselves. It's like, no, like you can only do so much. It's like that from proverb that you can go fast by yourself but you go far together. And so by getting out of your own way and punching the ego in the face, working together, we're going to get a lot farther than trying to do things on our own. Uh, but it's the fact that people have to get over the fact that if you ask for help, it's not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength because if you want to continue to go on, you got to ask for help sometimes. Um, and that's the thing that you just got to get out of your own way and punch the ego in the face and tell it to sit down and say, thank you. I see you there, but let's move forward. <laughs> Yeah. So one, a lot of good stuff there. One of the things that stood out to me is you, you said that you wish there, you would have had, had somebody to talk to who could share their story, but you're also glad that, uh, you, you're glad for the process that you went through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's, it's the fact that it's that journey. Um, I think a lot of people, try to get through the journey as quickly as possible and they're focused on the destination and the unique thing is that your journey has those points in there that really you want to focus on what are you learning how are you growing and then the fact that once you get through the storm wherever it's at if you've done the work to go back to those times that weren't the most fun that weren't the most enjoyable and go and dig through the garbage and see what was there for you to learn. What seed of positivity was there that you can grab and bring forward. But it's a matter that if you've done the work on yourself, can you go back to that time without being triggered, without having the heartbreak, the heartache. And I think that's the biggest thing is that growth piece. And so there's a lot of individuals that don't and uh, don't go do the growth piece. They just keep continuing growing on. And it's a sad thing because a lot of times you either are going to transform through those points that were hard hitting or it takes the time. And so there's two different ways, but it's, it's unique because it's the fact of, for me, when I went through everything that I went through, it opened up the doors, read a couple of books. One of the books that I've read is The Buddha and the Badass. And he has an exercise in there, Vashin Lakiani, talking about you're finding your foundational values. And so a lot of times when you ask somebody, hey, what's your values? A lot of times it's things that have been stuck in our head that have been stuffed into us by other people. And uh, when I went through and did this exercise, it's going back to that garbage. It's going back to the past that really caused you pain and finding those values that came out of it of what do you want to help somebody else out with 
So that way they don't suffer. They don't have as much pain to deal with because suffering is one of those things that it's a, it's a good thing when you think about it, even though you're like, why would suffering be a good thing? Because that's going to force you to grow. That's going to force you to level up. Um, it's one of those things that if you look at a oyster and a pearl, the oyster will produce a pearl, but it's an irritant in there that developed that pearl and the oyster did its work and created it. Um, so it's also looking at it as that struggle and that pain that you may be facing. And that's really going to help you to grow and level up whatever that is. Yeah. One of the things, um, that comes to my mind is, uh, you know, you having now, now gone through that journey, um, how, how look, looking back on your desire to have, you know, be able to, ha- to, to, to have heard someone else's story kind of at the, at the beginning of your journey, how do you process now going through your own, your own journey, your own struggles? How do you process that whole uh, idea of giving back to others? It's it, the giving back part is sharing that message and giving that message. So the the unique thing is that you have a gift that's inside that struggle. That gift is meant to be shared, um, and so of giving yourself grace and giving yourself space. Um, and so it's that giving back to individuals is sharing that gift. Um, but it is a unique thing that it did. Ha- I had to go through the, the struggle. I had to go through all the junk to get there. And, uh, if you're not ready or you haven't done the work, once you get to the other side, you may not realize it. And so it's going to be one of those things that could quickly pass you if you haven't opened up and done the work. Um, and so being able to share, what I've gone through, I know it's a gift that somebody else needs to hear or somebody needs, um, who that is. I don't know, but it's a matter of sharing the message regardless of what people think and who needs to hear, will hear it. Who doesn't need to hear it. It's just going to go out or in one ear out the other. Um, but you just never know who that is. And so you can't judge, um, because if you judge somebody, you may miss out on the opportunity that to share that message that they need to hear. Gotcha. Well, uh, so you, you said give yourself grace and space, which I love not only the, you know, the rhyme on that, but, um, two, two powerful words, I think, particularly when people are, are going through a time of struggle, uh, how, how does, how do the words grace and space process in your life? So the, the grace piece is understanding that we're all human. Uh, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to have failure that comes up. And to understand that it's okay. Um, failure is not a bad thing. But to let myself get through it and don't beat myself up for the mistakes that took place. And then the space is holding that space for myself through the grace to be able to grow and be there for myself because i think by doing that being able to give yourself space and the grace you can turn around and understand that somebody else is a human and that they're going through their own struggles and to be there for an individual if you're doing it for yourself it's going to be a lot easier um and it helps people to be their true self gotcha yeah the the space i think so as i as i hear the word space I think of solitude. I think of quiet. I think of reducing the noise. Because 
and I've gone through a similar situation uh, to yours. The um, from my experience, the background noise increases, 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 and it's a lot of it's the emotional stuff, right? Um, it's it's like uh, uh, it's kind of like how our water systems get purified in the U.S. You know, you go to you goes down to the water processing plant, all the shit goes there, and then it just sits there. <laughs> spins out and gets filtered right it takes time but there's a there's a place where it's mm-hmm. like oh my god all of that mess is sitting there right and and that's this that's it's a it's a stench that uh you know whether you want to think about it, like a stench that you can't smell the sweetness of life or it's the background noise that you can't hear in your head the clarity um about you know reality or future or whatever um and there's there's a process i think of just sitting still and releasing, just letting go of stuff, moving through it, so as to reduce some of the background noise. That all of a sudden, there's a clarity that can come back again—a clarity of thought, a clarity of heart, clarity of clarity of, of soul and spirit. And that's a—it takes time, right? It takes time for that for that to process. But like you also use use a keyword called work. It takes effort. It's a it is a work. It's a significant mm. work. To be able to, uh, to be able to go through um, the processes, I think when you say work, what do you refer to? So for myself, the work was really doing the internal work, uh, getting to the point to really truly love myself for who I am. Um, liking myself because this is the thing we can hide behind the mask of I love myself. But to like yourself, that is completely different um, because a lot of times we go through society, we grow up and we see everything. And so we start looking at these other influences outside of us and then we start getting down on ourselves. And it's the fact of just loving yourself, but getting to the point that you like yourself. And it was the fact that I had to go through because I got to the point, I got married very young. And so I didn't truly know who I was and I lost myself. I lost my identity in the relationship. And so it's one of these things that I tell people that our biggest relationship that we have to work on is a relationship with ourselves. Because once you have a steady, a solid relationship with yourself, you know who you are, you love yourself, you like yourself that bleeds into everything else. And so instead of looking outside of yourself to have somebody complete you, you complete yourself. And then the other party, the other individual, whoever it is, is there to be a complimentary piece to you. And uh, it is work because there are times where you're going to go through and I had to look in the mirror and I had to forgive myself for what took place. And I tell people, I'm like, once you get to the point you can forgive yourself, even if you only had 1% doing in the situation, you still had some sort of situation that you had a doing of, you've got to forgive yourself. And forgiveness is truly for yourself. And then also closure is one of those things that it's truly for yourself. It's not somebody else giving you the closure. You've got to give yourself that closure. Um, but it's the fact of looking at yourself in the mirror and really, truly liking yourself. And if you can go to the point and this is the other thing you'll, I tell people, I'm like, if you can look at yourself in the mirror and look at that reflection and say, I love you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for everything that you do. Thank you for your flaws, your quirks, everything that is about the person there. 
that's such a powerful thing because if you truly love yourself, now you can go and give that to other people. Um, but if you don't like yourself and you're looking at other people to do that, um, it's not a good thing because now we're at a point where a lot of relationships, people are looking, they don't love themselves, but they're demanding somebody else to love them. And then we got the other party that's like, you love me, but I don't love myself. It does not work because they're demanding something that they're not willing to give themselves. And so it is the work of truly liking yourself and loving yourself and getting to that point of just being able to look at yourself and say, I love you. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a really interesting um, uh, exercise, I think. I was just I was running that through my head as you're saying, you know, do you stand in front of the mirror and say, I love you? Um, I don't, you know, it sounds, it sounds weird, but the principle is, I think really interesting because there is something to the saying those words to oneself, right. And really meaning it, like, look, look at yourself in your soul holes and, you know, in your eyes and, and, and process the gravity Mm -hmm. of what you're talking about for yourself. And I think a lot of people, from my experience would not, would not be able to answer that with a, with, with an affirmative. They would, they would say, no, I don't love you. And here's the reasons why. And what a shame because if you're, you're the only person you get to spend every day with at all times, you can never get away from yourself. And, um, and if you don't love yourself, like you talk about, you can't bring that to your relationship. You can't bring an empty person to a relationship because that person's going to suck. They're going to suck the air out of every other, every other person they're they're with. They're like, fill me up, fill me up, fill me up. Love me, love me, love me, love me, love me, because I don't love myself. Whereas if you love yourself, like I don't need you to. I don't need your, um, uh, what what's your um. I don't need you to complete me like that whole, what is that line from that movie? Like you complete me. It's like, yeah, you compliment yeah. me. You don't complete me. I am complete in myself, but you compliment me and it's better with you than without you. That's that I think is a huge distinction from the way most people live in relationships. And it takes time. It takes, I, I think it takes the journey. It takes the journey to go through that, mm-hmm. to discover it. It's not something like you talked about, you know, you, you got married young. I got married super young as well. And, um, and I, and I look, I look to my prior selves, right. Which I never changed. It's just, I, I mean, I, I, I changed, but it wasn't, I wasn't uh, like coming back to myself or something like that. Um, the, my understanding has changed significantly. Also the things that would, you know, concern me or, uh, or I'd get riled up about like, they don't, they don't matter quite as much to a 43 year old guy as they did to a 23 year old guy. Um, you know, just things change. And, um, and I think I, um, it's interesting. I was, I was reading something at one point in time. Oh, I think it was from Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett said something to the effect of, Two two of the greatest two of the greatest decisions in your life will will you know make your identity or your your path or something like that or determine your future. I think is what he said. What you do for a living and and uh, and, who, and who you marry. And he said, and we spend all of our time teaching people what to do for a living, and none of our time teaching people who they should marry. And mm. 
the and the principle I think is is rather true that throughout our formative years, this idea of relationships is sort of just taken for granted. And we focus on here's all the things that you need to do to maintain, you know, to maintain a lifestyle and there's and and uh, figure out who you are and all sort of stuff. Um, but there's zero, there's basically zero effort put into, and here's how it, what it takes to get along in relationships and to know yourself in relationships and things like that until there's crisis. Mm. And then I'll, and then it's, and you got to go get the, you got to go get the help. Nobody said you got to go get math help. You got to go get history help. You got to go get English help. Nobody said any of that. They just forced you into it. What would what would mm-hmm. the world be like if we if children were forced into relationship training? But I think if you look if you think about that though, honestly, when you look at the population of the world, what percentage are we looking at that really truly is to that point where they know who they are, they like themselves, they love themselves? Um, because the the issue that we have is if somebody doesn't go and question their beliefs, if they don't look at that paradigm, if they don't look at that instruction booklet that has been passed down generation to generation, and if they don't stop it and they don't take that instruction booklet and they look at it and they're like, this is not who I am. This is not for me. I've got to tear this up. And then I've got to go create my own instruction booklet and find out what is truly who I am and what I'm for. Um, because that's the thing. If you really go ask somebody, hey, what's your values? And then you, they're like, well, these are my values. And it's like the same standard junk that everybody else is working with. You ask them, okay, where did you get those values from? And then they give you the standard answer. So that's where the good and the badass um, is like my think and grow rich. You hear a lot of people that will say, I go and read and read think and grow rich every year. The Buddha and the badass is one of those books for me is my think and grow rich because you go through this exercise of finding your foundational values. And for me, my foundational values are love, growth, connections, and relationships. The love piece comes from the fact I went through the divorce. And when I got out, I didn't know who I was. I didn't love myself. Um, I got married very young. And then the, the connection piece came up. This is very weird because I went and did this exercise and I went and I was the age of 10. My sister was three. So we're seven years apart and we lived out East in Colorado and I was out there swinging a wooden bat around hitting rocks and I didn't know where my sister was. So this last time that I went and hit a rock back swing came back heard the sickening thud and crack. And I looked back and my sister was just, done on the floor and i i was legitimately killed my sister she was out for five minutes but also you're going to somebody that was 10 at the time but because i almost killed my sister and i went through and looked at that one of the biggest things is the connection piece um with individuals because ultimately that's what's going to lead to our success is the connections that we have with others um that's going to be that foundational piece but it is unique because that situation has never popped up until i did this exercise and then i was like well what is this wow. but it was it's one of those things that i'm like man that is unique so when people are like i could have killed my brother or sister like i legitimately almost killed my brother i almost killed my sister so <laughs> and you found that going through this exercise with the buddha the badass book you uncovered that that experience and how it had shaped your your thinking even today 
Yep, um, because it, it's one of those things that you go back and you you go to those those problem situations, those situations that caused you trouble, caused you pain, um, because ultimately that's going to be that driving force of what's that value that comes out of that, and then what's the value that you're working on to help others with? What do you want to provide to others, and so they can potentially reduce that learning curve or that pain point. And uh, it is one of those things that if you're not ready to go face the past and you have these things that trigger you, that can be a tough thing. But it really did open up the doors to find my true values that are true to me. And they weren't somebody else saying, this is what your values are. This is how you need to live. It's like, no, these are my foundational values. This is what's going to drive me going forward when I interact with everybody else. Wow. That's that's super huge. I was giving... Um Let's see if I can find a piece of paper here. I, I gave this example to somebody else recently um, that when we when we build life or when we think about life, we think about it sort of in an upside down way that uh, we, we get um, – sorry. It's oh, just you're... just to prove that these conversations are spontaneous. I have not prepared this uh, <laughs> diagram in advance. <laughs> so we have this. Uh, I don't know if this is backwards or what, but I hope it's not backwards for everybody. But uh, when we build a life, we talk about identity or who we are, and then we talk about the things that we do. And it's important to think about your identity and who you are as foundational, and then how you express that in the world is what you do. And too often and I think it goes back to our example previously about what happens in, in our formative years, we are taught, there's so much focus given to, um, there's so much focus given to the things that we do, and we get this we get this built ups and down. It's like, oh, we have to figure out what we do, what we do, what we do, and then we stick our identity on, top, on the top of it, which goes back to the premise mm-hmm. of this, of, of Coffee with Humans, which is, I don't know what you do for a, a living, and, I'm, and I didn't ask. It's not the topic for the day, because we're just people. We're just humans. We have we have hopes. We have dreams. We have struggles. And how we express that in the world is what we do. Um, we've got a listener here. Interesting conversation. I find that we often spend the least time working on ourselves, yet we have the greatest challenges to deal with ourselves. Yes, totally, uh, Janice. Absolutely. We. It is. Uh, it's the irony, I think, of of life. Uh, which, if we, what would happen if we if we. Uh, if we did spend more of our time working with ourselves, um, and and uh, taught more of that, you know, as as mm-hmm. young kids, you probably would not have uh, dealt with, you know, that experience and brought it forward. I've got experiences that I've dealt with um, that I I uh, I lived a you know relatively good you know childhood, no no real complaints. I do remember a time when um, I stopped playing the piano for a long time. Uh, I was I I I love to tinker around. We had baby grand piano, and I'd play, and it was like my emotional outlet. And I I've come to discover mm. that that's huge for me, and it's necessary. It has to be remain a critical part of my life. Um, but I didn't talk about it or think about it in those terms. I just thought, well, I'm a good singer, and I like to sing. Well, I I like to play piano too. And at one point in time, I remember um, I think it was my dad. He'd come home uh, from a long day at work, and he owned he owned a business, so he worked long hours and whatnot, and um, great guy, love him to death. Um, but I remember one time he said, you know, stop with that noise. You know, he's just upset with me. He was upset with mm. the situation. Right. And I, and I'm thinking, 
you know, so as, an, as an adult guy now, I'm like, well, yeah, that makes absolute sense. Kids just tinkering around won't leave this piano alone, and I just want some quiet. And, yeah. you know, but it hit me, oh, way too hard. And I remember I just stopped playing the piano for a long time uh, because I just, I was like, oh, wow, dad thinks this is noise. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I I would not process it the same way, you know, as an adult. Yeah. I, but it was a it was an experience at one point in time. It really hit me hard as a kid, and I think, uh, I think those are the types of lessons that we don't uncover. We have the opportunity to do that work later in life, right? In times of crisis. But what would happen mm-hmm. if we were just forced to go through that kind of stuff um, younger? I think the ty- the types of messages, the you know, back to this idea of sharing your message. We all have a message. Some of us don't share those messages out of some of those things that we carried around as kids. Um, And it's a shame because while we're not busy sharing our message, there's somebody who's wishing that someone would share the message. That's the paradox, right? That's the tension, Mm -hmm. I think, that that exists in the world. Or a tension. Well, I find it unique because if you think about it, with your with your situation with your dad and the piano, I imagine what he was doing because a lot of times the things that we don't like we push out. And so, what was going on with your dad at that time that he was pushing out? And because maybe he grew up and he was a creative person, but maybe that got stunted and it got put to the back burner because um, he, he's a guy. And so you can't be creative. Art's not a good thing. That's not a typical guy situation. And so imagine what has happened where he's pushing that out and how that uh, impacted you at such a young age. And then growing up, what did that do to you? So it's unique when you look at that perspective. Um, but it is the piece of doing the work and really taking that time is like, well, what lens was this individual looking through life and uh, what, how did it impact them and whatnot? So it's a unique thing when you uh, do that deep dive. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Scott, as we wind up, uh, wind down our time here, what, any, any final thoughts you've got that you'd like to get out for, uh, for our listeners? The biggest thing is you have a message, get out there, share it. Uh, if, you go, I highly suggest taking advantage of uh, going and using social media. Go and share your story um, because of the thing with social media is Facebook's got the little share button. You hit share and you can share that to somebody else. Um, and it's this beautiful thing. But also take advantage when you have the opportunity to come on to the stage of somebody else and share your message with their audience because you don't know. Um, the thing is, there's people in everybody's audience that you may not know. Um, and so take advantage of it and get your message out there. So the biggest thing is you have a message that somebody else needs to hear. Um, don't be scared. Get out of your own way and go share it. Awesome. Uh, that's, that's great. Well, on that note, I've got this. Uh, I'm going to share this with you. The message is you will find a way to live out your wildest dreams. Well, thanks for being on the Coffee with Humans, Scott. It's great to know you, my new friend. And again, for all of our viewers and listeners, Coffee with Humans, uh, I met I met Scott about an hour ago. Totally, totally uh, raw, unedited conversation. I didn't know what we were exactly going to talk about Um but that's what Coffee with Humans is. It's live, raw, and edited conversations where strangers become friends. Scott, so thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. All right, man. We'll talk soon.
One of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have, meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls. This has been Coffee with Humans. Subscribe to get updates or click to have coffee with me. Coffeewithhumans.com.